start game. Ben, you originally said you weren't sure it was that great of an idea when I was talking to you about it before the game. What are your thoughts after seeing the game? I mean, I think what a lot of people wanted was for the athletes to care, and that that worked. They they definitely cared, and it was evident if you've watched prior All Star games that. They, they cared in that fourth quarter, and they wanted to win that game, and they played defense, and they tried. Um, my only reservations is when does someone get hurt tr- caring too much in an all-star game? But aside from that, I mean, I think from just a product standpoint, it's, it's absolutely an improvement. Um, going beyond even the whole tribute aspect of it, just from an entertainment perspective, the um, just the, the, the allure of a, of a buzzer beater, even though it ended on a free throw this time, I don't think that's a thing that's going to happen often, but just the the whole idea of ramping up the intensity and finding a way for the All Stars to care is really good, and I think it, I think it was executed well. So we talk about this format in the All Star game. What are we thinking for the rest of the NBA season? I think this is a possibility. I enjoyed the All Star game format enough. I've enjoyed this format enough in the basketball tournament, which they have on ESPN over the summer, which incorporates a very similar ending to the game where you set a target score that each team has to get to. What do we think about incorporating this into the NBA as it stands and maybe eliminating time in the fourth quarter? I don't think that's going to happen. That's not, I doubt that'll never happen. I mean, it'd be an interesting concept, but like, I think it'd be really weird and it'd just be, that, that would be changing the course of 80, like 60, 70 years of history. And just, just, no, I don't think that's a realistic thing. It'd be really fun, but Ben, what are your thoughts? I mean, it certainly makes for would make for some interesting strategical challenges. Just with the constraints of time playing make you play a different way. And I I do think if Adam Silver believes that the ratings problem is as big of an issue as he thinks it is, I mean, I think it's maybe a little overblown. But if he perceives it as a big issue and perceives this as a successful way to integrate it, I think it's possible. But I personally don't. I'm not a fan of this of this of this uh, format. But just speaking from an entertainment perspective, having a buzzer beater every game removes the luster of a buzzer beater. Like a buzzer beater isn't exciting if it happens every single night. The I mean, the idea of just th- those those moments that you'll never forget are because you don't expect it, and it's the whole it's whole conversation about parody. It's the same conversation there. So. I'd be personally against changing that format to um, to that the All Star Game format because I mean I'm a fan of basketball as it is even though I know it's an unpopular opinion to some people. But. What about the elimination of free throws in uh, those games? Add me a thought. I'd say that would be in the fourth quarter only. But I think about the quickly to the ratings thing. I think I've been saying this for a while all season. Honestly, I think part of the reason the ratings have really dipped this year is. One, there's not as much drama, really. I mean, last year, with Ke- I mean, a lot of people obviously are anno- were annoyed Kevin Durant went to the Warriors. With that, the- with him there, there was so much drama. It was literally a, li- not that I'm a fan of reality TV, but it was a reality TV show, it felt like. But also, regarding Kevin Durant, him being out for the entire season, and Clay Tom, like the best team, like the best team the last five years being awful this year, I think that takes a lot of ratings away. There's not, like, it's not as intent i mean obviously we know there's a lot more parity but again when you have one of the top i'd argue top five player top right now and a top 10 player all time in my eyes being out for an entire season in the prime of his career that that does dip ratings a lot to me 
Okay, I understand that point. Um, I, I, I don't think that's as big of an impact as people are making it. I, I don't think Kevin Durant had... He has a big influence on the league. I wouldn't say he's the reason that people aren't watching NBA games. Mm-hmm. And for me, the NBA's been as exciting and entertaining as any year. Parody is back in the NBA. It's not a given that the Golden State Warriors are going to win the championship. Speaking of winning the championship, let's move on to bold predictions for the rest of the NBA season. What are we thinking is going to happen? What are some things that are kind of off the table, outside of the box? What are some strange things that we could see happening or bold takes that we have? Ben, we'll start with you. I don't know. I mean, in terms of um, playoff contention, which I think you're talking about, it seems like I just have a difficult time betting on anyone that's not the Bucks to make it out of the East because I think, well, you talked about how there's more parity this season, and there's, there certainly is, but I don't think there's as much parity as we thought going in and as much parity as pe- people may think because the Bucks are a tier ahead of everybody else, for me at least. Um, and then there's a tier with teams like the Clippers and the Lakers, and then there's kind of the rest. So I don't see anyone else coming out of the East. If it was anybody, I guess I could see... Um, I guess I could see a team like Toronto making a pretty deep run just because they've been uh, just ridiculous recently. They they lost their last game, but I think they had like a 15-game win streak before that. And even though they lack a true star, um, they seem like a team who could definitely peak in the Eastern Conference Finals and give the Bucks a run for their money because just the way they defended Giannis last year was just so, so excellent. And a lot of people give the credit to Kawhi there when it was really more um, a, a product of just impeccable defensive game planning, and they can do that again without Kawhi. The Bucks are a better team than they were last year. They basically have no holes. Chris Middleton isn't missing. Brooke Lopez is one of the better defenders in the NBA. But I think if, if any team is going to be the Raptors. And in the West, um, I don't think you want to play the Mavericks in the playoffs with Luka Doncic fully healthy. I mean, that that offense with him is really really unstoppable because I mean pe- I mean some people saw this coming out that Luca was going to be really special and just there like along with him driving that offense that's been one of the most historic offenses in a long time I mean by pure offensive rating it's it's been the best ever at times relative offensive rating um, compared to the rest of the league not so much uh, still an elite elite offense and the fact that their defense is not not their defense excuse me th- their bench is has been stellar. Uh, guys like DeLon Wright and Jalen Brunson carrying a load. Um, I think Dallas is going to be a really difficult out for any team that is going to come that is going to come in the way in the Western Conference. Is there any team in that Western Conference playoff hunt that you would want to play over the others? Because I feel like every team in the West right now, you're thinking, oh man, this is a tough matchup. You have the Thunder, who are led by Chris Paul, who have sort of been a surprise team to say this year. At the bottom of those standings in the Western Conference, if you're looking at four and five matchup, you might have you might play the Houston Rockets in that four and five matchup, and they they have Russell Westbrook and James Harden. They can't be counted out. So, is there a team in that playoff hunt that you'd say you'd want to play? Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick a team to play, it's probably Houston, and it's just because I just because one a lot of the West's team match up well, and just constructurally, just their roster construction isn't as strong as the others. And it's far from an indictment of the Rockets, I think. The Rockets are an excellent team, and the main thing here is just the fit between Harden and Westbrook hasn't been what people expected. Certainly, I think, a downgrade from Chris Paul. And I think that's that's pretty clear. I I think the boldest thing you've also said in this whole segment is that you think the Bucs are better, significantly better, than the Lakers 
and Clippers, two teams that everybody's seen as title favorites throughout the entire course of the year. Adam, what are your thoughts on that? I think the thing with the Clippers, they keep adding some guys like, <clears throat> I believe today they add, or yesterday they added Reggie Jackson, the um, way the, the uh, buyout from the Pistons. I mean, Reggie Jackson's not all that special. He's a, he's a decent player, but he's not like, he's not, I don't think he's a championship level point guard. And then they added Marcus Morris. That's a good ad, that's a good addition, but also... With the Bucks, I mean, you're right. I think the Bucks are unstoppable. I mean, Giannis. I think Gian, I think Giannis is officially taking over the crown as the best player in the NBA, and he's he's only shoot what a student about thir- a little over thirty percent from three. If Giannis can shoot, continue that. He's unstoppable. It's over, and he already it, like he can get past anybody. He can dunk over anybody. He can he can spread the floor. I mean, pass pass the ball to anybody on the team basically, but. I think when it comes to the Clippers and Lakers, those two are the favorites in the West because obviously the Clippers, they've been their de- defense is ridiculous. But when it comes to the playoffs, LeBron James is a an different be human, def- different person. It's LeBron James in the playoffs is unlike anything you'll ever see before. It's like Tom Brady. It's like t- comparatively, it's like Tom Brady in the playoffs. It all interjects um, and kind of agree, I think agree with your point on the Clippers, like. They've made additions, but I honestly think there's a strong case, and I think I'd make the case that they've gotten worse since the trade deadline. I mean, Reggie Jackson shooting 38% on twos. He he's not a particularly good NBA player at this point, and I don't really see how he helps the Clippers very much at this point. Um, Marcus Morris is a guy a lot of people like. Um, myself, not so much. He's shooting the ball. He's shooting out of his mind this year, but that's kind of all he gives you, and he's never shot this this well. In his, in, at least in recent years, and if the shot falls off, and if he goes cold in the playoffs, he doesn't give you much else. He's 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 a ball stopper, which the Clippers already lack premier playmaking. He's not very he's not a very strong defender, and like I said, I think that just bolsters the case even more for Milwaukee as just top to bottom, they have star power, they have the most depth in the league as just the team that I'm gonna have a difficult time picking to. To, to lose in the, in the playoffs. So Ben says Milwaukee. I actually have a different team coming out of the East, but we're going to talk a little bit about that after the break when we come back. But before we go, for over 50 years, KCOU has provided Columbia with music, sports, and news coverage you can only find right here on 88.1 FM. The only way we can continue to deliver this content is with your support. Please consider donating to KCOU 88.1 FM by going online to kcou.fm. Once you are there, click on the Donate tab. You can either donate to the KCOU General Station Gifts Fund or the L.C. Chandler Scholarship Fund, which goes towards giving an out-of-state broadcast student a scholarship and to support our sports staff. The students of KCOU 88.1 FM, thank you for your support. We have Ben Pfeiffer here on the Analytics Association. We'll be right back to talk some more basketball after this short break. Bob Goff is coming to Mizzou. The New York Times bestselling author of Love Does and Everybody Always is sharing his legendary stories and insight at the Missouri Theater, hosted by Veritas Mizzou. The event takes place on Wednesday, February 19th at 6.30 p.m., doors at 6. You can text Bob Goff to 65201 to receive a free ticket to the event. Once again, that's Bob Goff to 65201. It's a night with Bob Goff, hosted by Veritas Mizzou. Hello, this is Pierce Porterfield, and you're listening to KCOU 88.1 FM. The sound of fusion. 
and, and I'm dead. Enjoy your listen. This is Gil Scott Heron with some bad news. It's called Angel Dust. It's a killer white powder or a chemical mix that is sprayed or sprinkled on tobacco or marijuana cigarettes. It has come between the best of friends. Don't sell it, buy it, give it, or take it. In other words, don't mess with it. It may leave someone close to you very dead. That's no way to treat a friend. That's no way to treat yourself. It just ain't where KCOU would like to shout out East Side Tavern. It's the bar that's bizarre. Downtown Columbia's best karaoke comedy club. With a huge selection of drinks and activities and themed nights every week, East Side is a solid place to hang out. Hi, I'm Chris Mitchell. You know, that one guy from the one show. Don't you hate it when you're listening to the radio and not once do you hear anyone talk about video games for extended periods of time? Introducing Quarter Circle Backward, a solo show dedicated to the sports that you like and the video games that I like. Catch me, myself, and I every Friday from 11 to midnight to hear me chop it up about things like Street Fighter tournaments, the NFL Draft, Red Dead Redemption, and hoops. What could possibly go wrong? Want to do true-false on a budget? Consider purchasing a stay-up-late pass for an inexpensive tour of the weekend's offerings. Benefits include access to all concerts and musical showcases, admission to films starting after 9 p.m., and entry to the infamous Action Party. For information on pricing and fest passes, again, please visit truefalse.org. Truefalse 2020, March 5th through the 8th. Tune into High and Tight with me and my co-host Logan Perone as we catch you up on the latest signings, trades, news, scores, and highlights from around America's pastime. Every Sunday at 11 a.m. on the 88.1 FM stream and on our website KCU.FM on the Blue Box. I think Kid A is probably their best single album. Uh, my favorite individual song is Life in a Glass House, the perfect uh, mixture of harmony and chaos. and organizations continue to plague their people with lame t-shirts. Now here's weather. Hey, newsman, my forecast. Head down to Dig It Graphics. Oh, where's Fred? Name's T. Shirt. Shirt. Cool custom shirts. Whether screen printed or embroidery, you'll have a 100% chance of looking good, baby. Can they print something that says, I love mom? Sure can, mama's boy. Don't just wear it. Dig it. Digitgraphics.com. Shirts. 
ladies up in here tonight. No fighting. We got the refugees. No fighting. No fighting. Shakira, Shakira. Welcome back to the Analytics Association. I'm Adam Rosen alongside Jack Marath and special guest Ben Pfeiffer. So, we've got a lot more to talk about regarding NBA and the playoffs, but official from Shams, the Cavaliers uh, head coach, John Beeline, has resigned, but they're reassigning him to a different role in the organization. I did not see that one coming. So, instead of retiring completely or potentially going to back to college, there's been rumors linking him to places like DePaul or other places which would definitely he that would be a great fit for him I think. Uh there he's staying in the organization. That's kind of interesting. I really didn't expect that. I mean from just a basketball perspective it makes sense cuz I think the biggest issue with him coming from college to NBA as quite a few college NBA coaches have showed throughout history is just the culture change. It's the, the NBA is so much more players driven than the than college. He's yeah. a basketball mind and he's been and he's proven that he can develop players so I think keeping him in the organization, assuming there isn't going to be t- uh, too much controversy around uh, with the players, is a fine decision. Especially after the whole issue, you know, a few months ago where he reportedly said, tried to say slug, but the word thug slipped out. I don't know how I feel about that one. I don't know how I feel about his apology about that one because it was obviously a really bad idea. Really bad word, really bad thing for him to say, regardless. But So that's the Cavs. Moving on. They're bottom feeding on the Eastern Conference right they are now. Trash. They they've not been good this year. Let's talk about the top of that Eastern Conference. Ben said the Bucks are the team to beat in the entire NBA right now. He said they're gonna come out of the East. He's right. I'm saying the Miami Heat are gonna come out of the Eastern Conference. That's my bold prediction for the NBA for the second half of the year. Miami Heat come out of the Eastern Conference and take the finals to seven games versus whoever they're up against. The Miami Heat have gotten basically the same type of player at every position and it balances really well. They have a they have good scorers and two way guys. You look at Jimmy Butler, got Andre Iguodala. We all acted like Jay Crowder was a throw in in that trade. Jay Crowder is a really good two way player who can defend positions two to four to to a really good ability and he can shoot the three ball well. What Miami's building right now is a team that can compete specifically with the Bucks. They have lengthy guys who can run the floor. That's what the Bucks have done. That's how the Bucks have built it. They've built a team that can match up with their toughest competition in the Eastern Conference. I can't think of one guy on the Miami Heat that can shut down Giannis Antetokounmpo for an entire game. Can you game. think of one guy in the entire NBA that can shut down Giannis Antetokounmpo well, for yeah, an entire I'll game? I'll bounce off that to defend Jack. We'll send both of you. One, there's nobody who can defend Giannis. And the whole the premise of of finding guys to defend these jumbo wings, Giannis, LeBron, Kawhi, they don't happen. And that's why, like, t- team defense is so undervalued and so important. I mean, the, the whole reason that the Raptors were able to shut down Giannis last 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 playoffs is that their team de- their team defense was impeccable. They basically Jordan rules Giannis. Like, they, they built a wall in transition. They always had help stacking the paint. It was less of Giannis, less of sorry Kawhi, defending Giannis as was the perception, and more of that team being spectacular defensively. And the, the Heat certainly do have the guys to 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 uh, defend to um, execute a similar scheme. I think they're they're not as lengthy or as intellectual as the Bucks were on defense, but Adebayo is going to be an all defense contender. Butler's always up there. Iguodala is fantastic. I will refute you and say that Jay Crowder is a throwaway. 
He is shooting 30. He's shooting. He's shooting under 32 percent from three. So there goes the three. His defense is fine on on the ball, but he doesn't really pay attention off ball. And he doesn't. And he's kind of a. And the ball sticks to him. He doesn't really pass. So I disagree that he's really important to to, to Miami. But Iguodala is definitely a handy get. And I just talked about how no one can can really slow down guys like Giannis. If anybody can, Iguodala is likely yeah. one of. And guys I think Jimmy Butler's another and, one yeah, of those and guys. Yeah, but- Butler's another one of those guys who. Honestly, I think putting Bam out of bio probably isn't the worst idea either. Because, I mean, there's not that many big guys that move like he does. I'm just, I'm just skeptical of a team that, I mean, just the Heat. Like, it's, it's less about Miami. Just, and, I mean, Butler's, Butler's been fantastic this year. Even though he can't shoot, he's getting to the line at an all-time rate for a wing. Bam out of bio has been great. But outside of those two, I mean, I just don't trust the rest of that roster enough in the postseason. It's such a young team, and... Like I, I'm not, and gets young teams in the playoffs. I don't think they have enough great young talent to to really make make it happen against a team like the Bucks. I mean, it's certainly possible. Anything's possible, as we saw last season. But I I I'd bet against it. All right, All right. moving on, moving on. I think Jimmy Butler should be in the MVP conversation. I don't think he should win MVP. But let's talk MVP. Who's gonna win the NBA MVP right now? I, I'll bet you Ben's gonna say Giannis, just because he's been talking about the Bucks all day. Adam, who are you gonna say? Zach, just kidding. Um, you didn't say LVP. Um, oh, wow. Ben just called Zach Levine the LVP, least valuable player. Can we give that to Jim Boylan instead? Um, I honestly... Oh, that's difficult. I mean, I think, I mean, yeah. I feel like it definitely is, Giannis. I just don't think the media... I mean, it's a lot of it is also with how the media portrays it. It's kind of a me. It's not just a great player or it's not who gets the most media attention. And Giannis does get the most media attention right now, which is totally fair. He deserves. It. He's been unreal. He's putting up Wilt Chamberlain numbers in less in the thirty minute in about thirty minutes per game because the Bucks are blowing literally everyone out. So I would say it's probably going to be Giannis again. I think it will be Giannis. I think James Harden deserves it at the moment. Bruh. He's put up insane numbers once again. <laughs> This year, and if you look at the advanced analytics, this is the analytics association. He has a higher VORP value over replacement player than than Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's beating him by point one in that metric. And overall, I mean, he's just been on a tear offensively. The only player I'd say better than him offensively this year might be Damian Lillard. And I don't think Damian Lillard Lillard is going to win the MVP just because he doesn't. I mean, he's a great player. But I wouldn't say he has the talent. Of James Harden, what are you guys thoughts? Yeah, James throw, Harden not not an MVP. Nah, this I game? don't think it's close, and I'll, I'll I'll throw you back an analytic. Um, I'm gonna. I think um, well, Vorp is fine. Vorp is just box plus minus with uh, minutes played prior, so I'll, um, it's it's inherently kind of flawed because of that. Um, looking at other, uh, in my opinion, the, the the kind of the gold standard for all in one all encompassing metrics is player impact plus minus which includes a uh, luck-adjusted box score prior along with luck-adjusted on-off data and that adjusts for minutes played. So it's kind of the most all-encompassing. It's like that uh, RPM and real plus-minus and real adjusted plus-minus. And uh, looking at PIPM, Giannis is, is, has the highest by over two points. He's uh, at a plus 8.3. LeBron's at a plus 6.35. That's the sixth highest PIPM ever. The only guys to top him are Draymond, or Draymond in 2016, LeBron three times and 2017 Steph are the only guys higher than him. And if we're going to go away from those analytics, um, James Harden gets lauded for his just unbelievable scoring. Giannis is basically matching, Giannis is matching his scoring on a per 36 basis. 
I mean, just looking. I mean, if you average for, if not average, if you if you put in minutes played, Giannis is averaging 35, 35.16 rebounds, seven assists, a steal, and a block on 61 true shooting. Along with that PIPM, along with maybe being the defensive player of the year, I think that's kind of a fickle award. That's 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 a tough award to 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 give out just because measuring defense is hard. But I think he'd probably be my guy. So just combined with the fact that Harden isn't a good defender. And Giannis is maybe the best, along with being just as good, if not better, on offense, and better by the advanced metrics that I trust. I don't think it's really a discussion. So that's I, my case. I also think you said with uh, Vorp, Giannis is down. Uh, Harden leads him by point one in four, in almost five, in about four hundred more minutes. So imagine if they played the same amount of minutes. Giannis would be. Dis- I would definitely agree, argue that Giannis would be absolutely destroying him. And win shares per 48 minutes, Giannis is up by about is had 2.289 versus 0.255. And honestly, you could also make a case for Luka Doncic. Obviously, he's been injured a little bit, but honestly, it's gonna. I think it will be Giannis, and I think it should be Giannis. But I also think, and then I would go hard, and then I would actually go LeBron and then Luka. Wow, which LeBron is a shocker. Luka. Okay, big Luka guy. Big Luka guy. Ben, you cover the Pelicans mainly. The Pelicans have been really, really, really good recently. Yes, Do you have, have any thoughts on them? Fun to watch. I mean, it's kind of clear that this... I mean, we all kind of expected this team preseason to do to do stuff healthy. And they're finally healthy, and they're good. I mean, I don't think that's a... That, that's not a surprise to me, and that's not a surprise to a lot of smart people. Because, I mean, well, one, I mean, it, it all starts with Zion Williamson. But before him, I'll talk about... Let's talk about Derek Favors, who's really kind of anchored this defense. He missed a lot of time early. He's been spectacular defensively. Talk about Zion, who is um, incredible, kind of as um, myself, who considers myself. Uh, pe- people who like study the draft in depth kind of saw this coming. I Z- Zion is such a was such a special pro- special prospect, and despite his limitations, he's kind of proving himself to be that guy. I mean, I'll talk about PIPM again. He's he's already 58th in the NBA. PIPM stabilizes at around a thousand minutes. He hasn't even played 300 yet. He's only gonna be. He's, he's gonna keep climbing up in that. I mean, just looking at his um, box score production. Let me pull it up quickly. Um, per 30, per 36 minutes, he's averaging uh, 29 points, uh, nine rebounds, 5.3 offensive rebounds. He's shooting 60% from two. And I, I did write about this at some point. Um, Zion's Zion's historic getting to the rim at a historical rate. Um, not just like sample size is obviously small at this point, um, less than 300 minutes. But no one's even no one's gotten to the rim as much as Zion in, in really in history or since 2000, since that's where my database goes back to. And it's not close. Um, obviously, a lot of that is just increasing possessions and increasing field goal attempts. But guys with his gravity at the rim don't come around often. He's just generational athlete with that kind of touch and he 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 pulls defenses i mean just that 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 level of of gravity opens things up for his team and makes things so much easier um a website called ppp stats has a metric called shot quality which is basically expected effective field goal expected effective field goal percentage that's based on a couple things like shot location and luck and luck adjustment um with with the pelic with zion on the floor the Pelicans' shot quality has been 50, has been 56. If we look at um, the 2016-17 uh, Rockets, are the only team that had a shot quality of 55 for a full season, and at the time they had the second best offensive rating in NBA history. 
it's the Pelicans are getting better shots with Zion on the floor than Steph with than than Steph with the unanimous MVP Warriors. I mean, the length at which he's at which he's transformed that offense is just incredible. I think he's pretty clearly the best player on the Pelicans. I know that's probably a hot take to some. He, I think he's better than Brandon Ingram at this point, flaws and all. And I think he, uh, he probably doesn't win Rookie of the Year just because of the games played thing, but I think he's clearly the best rookie in the NBA. So The Pelicans currently sit at 11th in the Western Conference. They're five and a half games out of a playoff spot. Do you see them be able to make a run? For that last playoff spot, Grizzlies currently sit at that spot at 500. They'll definitely make a run. Uh, they will. Will they get it? I'm not sure. the The strongest point in their favor is that Memphis has the strong M- Memphis has the strongest strength of schedule left in the NBA, and the Pelicans have the weakest. So that that's a pretty strong point in New Orleans' favor. They they played a gauntlet early in the season, and their issues combined with just the quality of opponent they played really showed and taking their record early. They're going to have a chance to play some pretty easy teams, especially down the stretch. Like, they play Atlanta twice, they play Minnesota twice, they play Golden State, they play Cleveland. They're going to have some games that they should that should be easy wins. And Memphis, Memphis does not have it that easy. I mean, they don't play Cleveland, they don't play Golden State, they don't play Minnesota. I mean, the five worst teams they play are Atlanta twice, the Knicks, and the Kings twice. Then, record-wise, the Pelicans, which is, again, more chances for New Orleans to gain ground on Memphis in those head-to-head games. So... If I had to pick, I think I'd say that Memphis holds on to the eight seed. Just that they've got five point five games is quite a few, and Memphis is good. The Grizzlies are good, so I think it's either it's either New Orleans or Memphis. And I think it's gonna be close. I think I'd have to go Memphis if I had to pick right now, but it could certainly go either way. All right, we're going to head to a short break before we come back. We're going to be talking more basketball. It's a basketball day for us. Some more NBA, and then we're going to dive into some college basketball things, too, some draft prospects. That's been specialty. We're going to be right back. But first, Max Fix is a proud supporter of KCOU 88.1 FM. Max Fix is located behind the U.S. Bank and the MU Student Center and handles cracked screens and other electronic repairs. Thank you, Max Fix, for supporting KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM. We have Ben Pfeiffer on the Analytics Association. We'll be right back after the break. Hey, Mizzou fans, did you know that Mizzou has the best fans in America? Well, it's true. We treat other teams as players and fans with respect. We carry ourselves with class and dignity. We cheer loudly for Mizzou, and we take pride in our choices. This public service announcement has been brought to you by the Wellness Resource Center, Craft Beer Cellar, and KCOU 88.1 FM. Tune in to one of these nights on KCU 88.1 FM. Join host Garrett Jones to talk the weirdest and wackiest in all four professional sports. I'm on from Sunday nights from 5 to 6 on KCU 88.1 FM. And if you ever miss a show, catch it wherever you enjoy podcasts. It's one of these nights on KCU 88.1 FM. How was your day? Fine. Did you learn anything new? No. Anything I should know? No. Is everything okay? Yeah. Sometimes it can be hard to connect with teens. Use Connect With Me activity cards to deepen your conversations. Visit health.mo.gov connect to access these free cards and other resources. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. KCOU Columbia. The business casual radio station. The city in chaos. Businesses and organizations continue to plague. They are people with lame t-shirts. Now here's weather. 
Hey, newsman, my forecast. Head down to Digit Graphics. Oh, where's Fred? Name's T. Shirts. Shirts. Cool custom shirts. Whether screen printed or embroidery, you'll have a 100% chance of looking good, baby. Can they print something that says, I love mom? Sure can, mama's boy. Don't just wear it. Dig it. Digitgraphics.com. Shirts. For almost two centuries, Americans have enjoyed the valuable privileges of freedom. Now, freedom needs each American to dedicate himself to its preservation. We must not allow our liberties to be endangered by neglect of our duties as citizens. During this year of rededication, join with your fellow Americans in reaffirming the principles on which this country is founded and the safeguarding of those principles. Make it your business to see that federal, state, and local governments are conducted honestly. Help to maintain the good morale of your sons and daughters in the armed forces. Learn the facts about all candidates and issues. Then, vote for the one you believe in. Make the most of every minute on your job. Produce as much as you can, and thus increase our military and economic strength. Work for better schools and a better community. Guard your American heritage of freedom. It needs you. Tune in to High and Tight with me and my co-host, Logan Perone, as we catch you up on the latest signings, trades, news, scores, and highlights from around America's pastime. Every Sunday at 11 a.m. on the 88.1 FM stream and on our website, KCU.FM on the Blue Box. Okay, company picnics Tuesday. Lou, you order those shirts? Nah, just gonna have my wife make some. Sit down. Shut your mouth. Y'all gonna look like a bunch of suckers. Hey, who's this guy? They call me T-Shirt. Unless you get your threads from Digit Graphics. Whether it's for your work, your team, or your charity, Digit Graphics will have you looking good. Would we look as cool as you? Not a chance in hell, but you will dig it. Check out digitgraphics.com. Don't just wear it, dig it. Shirts! Every Saturday, Cut the Nets will be live from noon to one on KCOU 88.1 FM. Out of quarters of possibility. Jabari Parker's even. Oh, you don't want want Jabari Parker. Tune in to KCOU Sports Saturday to listen to David Kuntz, Zach Berman, and Chuck Ryan talk sports. Fun fact of the day, number two, Robert Kraft actually owns like 99% of the city of Foxborough. Catch Cut the Nets on KCOU 88.1 FM. Do people care about Evan? I mean, why would the Magic want Evan Turner? KCOU shirts are now on sale at Mod Vintage in downtown Columbia. I'll say it again in case you missed it. KCOU t-shirts are now on sale at Mod Vintage in downtown Columbia. All right, one more time. Just wanted to make sure you heard. Turn up the volume on your radios for a quick second. KCOU t-shirts now on sale at Mod Vintage. So why are you still listening to the radio? You should be going to... Wait, actually, no. Keep keep listening. But also, the t-shirts are pretty cool. I, I think you should get them. We good? Great. If you love them enough to sit through their favorite boy band with them, then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ag Council. Analytics Association on KCOU 88.1 FM. I'm Jack McGrath alongside Adam Rosen. We have a special guest today. 
Ben Pfeiffer, a basketball mastermind. He writes for the New Orleans Pelicans, has written for USA Today's Rookie Wire, The Man Eater, and The Step Back. The Bird writes for SB Nation as well for the Pelicans. So we're going to talk some college basketball. Ben, this is kind of your specialty NBA draft scouting. March Madness is coming up. It's in, we're not there yet. We're getting excited for it. It's coming up, though. And this college basketball season, regular season, is happening right now. What players should we look out for once March hits? I mean, it's it's always tough because there's always guys who um, guys who are gonna kind of explode in the tournament and boost their draft stock or just like have have those awesome tournaments. I look at a guy. I think I think a guy, I think a guy you probably see if they make it in is a guy like Kyra Lewis, um, Alabama guard. He's I mean he's just so electric with the ball in his hand. I mean, at the college level, nobody can really stay in front of him. And Alabama's like a bubble team, so if they get him in, he could be a guy I could definitely see uh, making making a splash in the tournament. Uh, I think about someone else. Um, this is tough. M- maybe um, a guy like David Johnson, uh, Louisville guard, who's kind of come on as super strong as of late. He's been really fantastic and put himself in draft circles and is just as a great college basketball player. Um, if, if Louisville makes a deep run, I think he'll be... A big part of it, and I guess this is kind of like not not really cheating. Uh, I think l- looking at Kentucky, uh, a guy like Tyrese Maxey, who struggled early in the season with his shooting, but is 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 playing better in conference plays, and just he plays up to competition. So on 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 the lights of the tournament, I could see him being a guy who really gains steam and plays plays well for a Kentucky team that's looking to make a deep run. Yeah, a bunch of good players there. A lot of fun ones to watch. Let's talk about conferences in college basketball. Adam, you have some thoughts on this one. Um, best, what is the best conference in college basketball right now? For me, it's a two-team race between the Big East and the Big Ten. I, think, I don't think there's really any other discussion. There. I agree there. I mean, a lot of people go on saying, oh, the Big Ten, all the teams are really bad. There's no, like, great team. That's because anyone who you, – if you watch the Big Ten, I've been watching them for a long time. The thing about them is they – it's like – this sounds weird. It's like cannibalism. They all kill each other in conference play. They go all out. Like you've seen, Michigan State has fallen off their great start. Their uh, projected preseason number one ranking. Ohio State was ranked, and now they're not. They were really good, and now they're not. They're not as highly ranked anymore. That's because in the Big Ten, every team goes off, and except for like Northwestern and Nebraska, they all go at each other. They just take down each other's records. It's so much fun to watch and competitive. But I think the Big East. They've been so consistent, especially at the top with Villanova. I am, re- I think with Villanova, I think Villanova's the best, got the best coach in the country, and that's a really hot, boiling hot take. But when you look at what Jay Wright does, he doesn't. Re- he has had some five stars in Jalen Brunson and others, but like the thing about those guys is they're not really. They don't pe- pop out of you athletically. There's nothing like superstar written all over them, like a Trey. Like there was a lot of talk like with Trey Young, obviously. He didn't do as much as Jalen Brunson did at Villanova, but Jalen Brunson is a guy, along with a lot of the players they get at uh, Nova, to buy into the team act concept of teamwork, working together. And Jay Wright can create so much, use as much whatever he needs to create a balanced team, and they can always go far. And I just think they're always in it because his game plan is so perfect. From top to bottom this year, too, the beast is pretty deep. No team is under 500 in that conference overall record-wise. We were thinking DePaul at the beginning of the year before conference play was actually like a legit good DePaul team this year. They're one in eleven in Big East play now, so that one get, yeah. sort of got thrown out the window. Their coach is awful. But other than that, I mean, you look at St. John's at three and ten, but there's a lot of parity in that Big East, and every single night 
it is a battle. I'd still say the Big Ten's probably the better conference at this point, but but two great conferences there. Yeah, I'll, first of all, I'll say I think that Jay, your Jay Wright take is pretty lukewarm, at least like in the circles that I'm a part of. I mean, he's always a guy that talks about uh, making the jump to the NBA. Probably never will because of how good his gig <laughs> at Villanova is, but I, I agree with you. Fantastic coach. Nobody's always in it. I'll throw, I, I agree with you, those are the two top conferences in terms of just balance and quality of opponent. I, I'm going to throw the Big 12 in there because if, if we're talking about uh, strength of conference, I think top heaviness fa- factors and two of the three best teams in the country are Big 12 teams. I mean, I, I think Baylor's the best team, team in the country. Kansas is certainly uh, a, a contender for number one and number two. Uh, West Virginia has been pretty excellent this year. Uh, falling off a slightly in conference play, but still excellent. They've got only two teams under 500, uh, looking at their overall record. That that's uh, another conference that always has tournament teams. Baylor's going to make it. Kansas is going to make it. I think Texas Tech probably makes it. West Virginia will make it. I think Oklahoma is going to have a good chance. So that's another exciting conference to kind of watch out for. Sleeper wise, who do we think sort of under the radar right now, but has a chance in the tournament? Personally, I'm going to go BYU. They're currently ranked in the top 25, so maybe not as much of a sleeper, but they're BYU, so they don't get as much talk. I think BYU currently projected as a sixth seed by Joe Lenardi from ESPN in his bracketology. They have the highest three-point percentage in the NCAA at 42.6%. I wouldn't be surprised to see them make a Sweet 16 run, which isn't a huge upset as a sixth seed, but... I haven't heard a lot about BYU this year. I don't know if that's just me, but I think they have a good chance of making a pretty deep run in this tournament. Yeah, I've got a couple. So I'll, I'll go with Stanford as one of mine who are on the bubble right now. I've got a couple teams in the bubble. Stanford, I mean, they were like 15-1 and one or something or 15-2 and two at some point. They were playing fantastic basketball, and they've fallen off recently. I think 7-1, seven, 1-8 seven and, seven and one, one and in their last um in their last 8 or 9. They're 15-2, and two, sorry. I mean, they've lost so many close games. Like by single digits, they beat Oregon. Um, and just looking at these close games and looking at how talented this team is, I mean, they have one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, looking at synergy uh, per points per possession, they're the seventh best defense in the country. Um, uh, Bartorvik's uh, T rank uh, adjusted defensive efficiency, they are sixth. Uh, Ken Palm, I think they're top 10 as well. And uh, like along with that defense, they're just watching them play, I mean, they have offensive talent. I mean, Tyrell Terry is a super talented freshman guard. Spencer Jones is one of the better shooters at his size in the country. Oscar De Silva is a versatile big. Guys like Jaden Delaire have come on earlier in the season. And just the way they play offense, they, they move the ball, they pass, they screen, and they're a team that can that can keep that can hang with guys offensively and storm the defensively. So I think they're they're a team that I'd look out for if they end up getting in. Another team is Minnesota who, once again, is another bubble team in the Big Ten, just that, that absolute bloodbath of a conference. I, there's a good chance they don't get in if they don't either get the at-large bid or play well the rest of the season. They have the toughest strength of schedule in the, in the country, and they have some pretty notable wins. They beat Ohio State when they were one of the best teams in the country. I mean, they beat, they beat ranked Michigan, and they've lost close games. And, I mean, they have Daniel Oturu, who is one of the better college basketball players, just a really good force inside, and rebounding Marcus Carr is a pretty solid scoring guard. They're a team I could see that seems like they could make a deep run if they end up getting in. I'm going to go. I have a couple of teams here. One, obviously, you were saying like, strength of schedule does matter. But Northern Iowa has been amazing. There, a lot of people don't pay attention to the Missouri Valley Conference. But they are. Northern Iowa is 22-4. And, and regardless of the strength of schedule, that's still incredibly impre- impressive. And obviously, San Diego State, 26-0, you said. Uh, strength of schedule is not very really good. 
isn't it's not a big difficult schedule but still being undefeated no matter this late is no matter how you look at it it's impressive and then there's one that it's kind of an odd team because they're not really underrated but i think illinois is very good has been very good obviously Ayo Dasanmu, I mean, obviously that injury looked horrible, but he it missed a game and he came back and he balled out last night against Penn State, taking down the ten, not a top ten team, ninth ranked at at Penn State. So people are overlooking. I think a lot of people overlook him. He Dasanmu, hard to say. Ayo Dasanmu. Thank you, Kofi Cockburn. I Trent Frazier's been pretty solid. Andres Feliz. I mean, they got a lot of talent, balanced team. And Brad Underwood has coached super well. They're third in the Big Ten. They're seventeen and nine. They actually have an their eleventh toughest strength of schedule, and they're just and they're allowing sixty five points per game, scoring about seventy six three points per game. And their defensive rating, it's about it's uh, it's about middle, a little less, about quarter of the way highest. It's set eight, about eightieth. So overall, they're still pre- playing pretty well, and I think they can make a decent tournament run if they can get hot at the right time. And I think they are going to, ending that, and they just ended a big losing streak. Looking ahead, let's look at teams that could bust your bracket come March. Not not in like teams that are going to upset other teams, but teams that are going to be upset because they have those qualities. I'm going to start off. I think the Marquette Golden Eagles. They're, they're currently projected as a five seed. I think they're primed to be upset. They were upset last year as a five seed by John Morant when he was playing at Murray State. And it's a similar composition of a team. They have Marcus Howard, and it's basically just Marcus Howard. Yeah. Recently, we've seen them branch out a little bit. We've seen contributions from Sakara Annam and uh, Kobe McEwen and Brendan Bailey as well. But when, they shut, when the opposing teams shut down Marcus Howard, Marquette struggles, and they rely on the three ball so much. If they go cold, not looking good for Marquette in the tournament. I also think, I also agree that I don't really think Marquette's that. Honestly, I don't even know if Lash. I feel like most people, obviously, it's technically an upset because it's a twelve over five. But honestly, I really don't think Marquette's that special. Was that special last year to deserve the five seed? I mean, obviously, they were they got the five seed, but I really think I think most people expected Ma. I definitely did. Most of the people I talked to expected Murray State to take them down because John Morant's just he's he's a bad man, and uh, re- I mean, I don't see Marquette making that far. I don't see them getting out. I think if they get a, like, an, I think a, it would be kind of interesting. A Northern Iowa or Loyola, Illinois, Loyola, Chicago, they've been decent this year. I don't know if they're going to make it, but 10 and 4 in the conference, 18 and 9 overall. If they can, if they make the tournament and they have, and they play a team like Marquette, watch out or get in the sister's, you know, sister Jean. This, this is so hard you know, to predict. It's but, hard, though. Um, I'll throw out Louisville. And it's mainly because I don't trust the top of their roster. I mean, Jordan Nwora is a fine scorer, but I just don't think he's as good of a player as many perceive him to be. He's got so many holes when it comes to playmaking and defense and athleticism. And like in, in, in the intensity of March Madness, I could see him playing worse, even though I mentioned I praised David Johnson earlier, who I think is great. But th- they have a chance. Um, among the 30 top teams in uh, Ken Palm's net rating, they have the lowest. They have the worst strength of schedule out of the Big Six conferences. So, they haven't played. I mean, the ACC has been a lot weaker this year. Especially, I mean, with teams like North Carolina falling all the way off. It's it's going to be a weird tournament without North Carolina. But yeah, I think Louisville's a team that I I'm probably going to avoid picking to go far based on based on matchups. Any more thoughts on basketball before we do a really quick quick wrap up of what's gone on in baseball recently? I got nothing. Got nothing. All right. 
So we're going to move on. Rob Manfred is, is, is get being called out a lot. Now from people in other sports, too. Not only is Mike Trout and Chris Bryant and multiple other MLB stars called Rob Manfred out. LeBron James tweeted yesterday, quote, Listen, I know I don't play baseball, but I'm in sports, and I know if someone cheated me out of winning the title, and I found out a bit about it, I will be expletive irate. I mean, like, uncontrollable about what I would slash could do. Listen to your baseball commissioner. Listen to your players speaking today about how disgusted, mad, hurt, broken, etc., etc. about this. Literally, the ball, baseball emoji, is in your court, or should I say field, and you need to fix this just for the sake of sports. Hashtag just my thoughts coming from a sports junkie, regardless of my own sport I play. So LeBron has really called him out, and this, this is turning into a much bigger story. What do you do at this point if you're Rob Manfred? Because I don't think you can go back on any punishments. You're well, taking a lot of flack. I would say tell the truth, but at this point you can't. I mean, he's embarrassing. The sport's awful. You called the trophy that is named after your position. You are the highest power. You're literally the president of the sport. You are the highest power in the entire sport. And you call the trophy, the biggest trophy in the sport, a piece of metal? Shame on him. He's, it's a, he's a joke. I'm, I'm, like infuri- I'm infuriated by it. Like this is ru- it's really hurting the sport. It's not. It's gaining at least it's getting attention, and I like. Th- I mean, sometimes you say negative attention is better than none. Negative energy better than none at all. But this is ridiculous. It's un. And I don't care. I they deserve to lose the title. I've st- I now stand by that. I've changed my stance. Why why should the player? I know they granted immunity. Why should a player who cheats be eligible one, get a title, or be eligible hall for the Hall of Fame? Adam, you're talking about it last week. Hit by pitches, you think a lot of Astro players could be hit by pitches. They're going Currently, to be. There's a line set at 83 and a half <laughs> over under for hit by pitches for the Houston Astros. Last year, an average team had was hit by pitches 66 times last year. So that that line is significantly higher than the league average according to Baseball Reference. And I think that's going to do it all for us here today. Once again, thank you to Ben Pfeiffer for joining us. Provided some really valuable insights on basketball, the NBA, and college basketball. Thanks, Ben, for joining us. Thanks, Jack, for having me. It was, it was a fun time. All right, this has been the Analytics Association on KCOU 88.1 FM. For Jack McGrath and my partners, Adam Rosen and Ben Pfeiffer, we will see you next Wednesday. Once again, this is the Analytics Association on KCOU 88.1 FM. From noon till 1 every sports Saturday, tune in to Cut the Nets on KCOU 88.1 FM. With host Chuck Ryan. I think he's really changing how the game is played from the safety position. He basically played linebacker, too. And Zach Berman. Teams and the Warriors are just sort of sitting there like, hello. As they talk sports along with producer David Kuntz. Jets hired Adam Gase. Like, they're not going to get better. For NBA. This is leading up to the Knicks going on a free agent binge this summer. Yeah, and and then they're going to end up signing, like, Tobias Harris. NFL. The most bland, like, milk toast football. 